For 40 years, I've walked the line between worlds and am well-versed in death. But I want to have faith in humans. Give me something to believe in. Earth below me, sky above me, fire within me. Brought to you by UPRN Network. I'm Trish Moe, and this is The Missing Piece. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Trish, and this is The Missing Piece. It is Monday, uh, December 12th, 12-12, and we are broadcasting live on 105.3 FM New Orleans and the United Public Radio Network. We are also live on Parapost Network, and... Um, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy, I apologize that I've missed, um, the last few weeks. I have had a crazy, uh, life, you know, with just winding down the year and, um, some things happened in my personal life that I couldn't make it. So I'm back. I, I do have so many things planned for next year as well. Um, I'm really excited because I'm, I'm changing the way, the structure on how I do a lot of things. And, and it's definitely going to be more organized because I have learned so much in the last 12 months on this show and with all of my guests. Um, before I forget, again, I, I want to... Um, Special thanks to Carnation for sponsoring my show. And um, this is the last, officially the last week of fall. So I know it's already snowing in some people's, some, some areas of the world and in the U.S. So um, next week, of course, is Yule for those of us that celebrate the uh, changing of the, the light and the dark parts of the year. Um, which is interesting because my guest tonight, I'm super excited actually. Um, he, he contacted me uh, earlier and, and we have um, talked quite a few times in the past um, and on his travels. Uh, fascinating person. I want to welcome Dave Petrella. He is an astrologer, biologist, spiritual guide, uh, Oak Island theorist, and he has taken, um, traveled all over the United States, the 50 states, and most of Canada doing his research and learning about the different traditions um, across across the land. Um, Dave was one of the first theorists to present in the new Oak Island War Room in June of 2017. Um, And he also worked on the island that summer in 2018 as well. Uh, He offers services in tropical astrology, health, and spiritual guidance. So welcome, Dave. Thank you for coming. Oh, thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So how have you been? It's been a while. Yeah, I've been great. I've been great. <laughs> uh, just, uh, I, you know, to give people a quick recap here, I um, I moved out of Texas. I was living in Texas for about two years through basically through all of COVID. And then uh, June 30th, I left on a, a very long road trip, which I thought was only going to be uh, maybe 45 days. And it turned into a lot longer than that because I had a lot of research to do. Um. So I went through the Southeast United States. I, I was researching the mound builder uh, civilization, essentially, which is the earthen mounds that you find 
kind of all east of the, of the Mississippi River, um, even up into Canada a little bit. It, it's a very broad area. Um, and then I continued on up to uh, northeast to New England, where actually I'm from originally, and I did more research on uh, the, actually the stone chambers. There's a lot of these very really mysterious stone chambers up in the New England area. Um, it's very strange. I mean, the entrances are only a couple feet high uh, oftentimes, and most of them are oriented to solstices and equinoxes. So there's, uh, there's a lot of mystery behind that. And I it's really, I grew up there, so it's in, in my backyard. You know, but being able to go out there uh, and actually research it for the first time, not, well, my, you know, not the first time, but 2018 was probably the first time I went out there. Taking measurements, you know, getting a feel for the energetic field. Um, I bought an EMF meter for this trip specifically, which is an electromagnetic frequency meter. If people are not aware of what that is. It's often used in paranormal investigations as well, but you can use it um, even in your house just to make sure you're not, you know, blasting yourself with Wi-Fi or you got stray electricity flying everywhere. So it's a really useful tool. Then after that, uh, I started with um, the LDS story, which is uh, formerly known as the Mormon religion. Uh, Joseph Smith, uh, who they say is the prophet, was born in Vermont. And um, I started in Vermont, and I did the entire church history trip all the way through um, Missouri, and then uh, actually in through, you know, kind of the, the Midwest there, through Kansas, through the Plains, and then I continued later on up through Wyoming and uh, into the Pacific Northwest. Well, Salt Lake City, of course, which is where uh, kind of the story uh, sort of ends, um, because of Temple Square, you know, that's where uh, Brigham Young took the rest of the saints after Joseph Smith was killed in Nauvoo, Illinois. So uh, it was a very long trip. It was actually turned out to be a hundred days, Trish. We haven't talked in a little bit, but uh, I was on the <laughs> road know. for one, 100 days, guys, and a lot of camping. Um, it, amazing things happen, you know, revelations, all kinds. Of, you just never know what you're going to get. Every morning that I woke up, I, I just had to be ready for whatever the day was going to bring. It was always different, you know. I'm, I'm happy to say most of the days were really positive and it was good energy. But, you know, there's a, there's a couple of days there that where it's, uh, for instance, I was camping in Pennsylvania um, and there was some really dark energy in the campground. It was something, I think, a very ancient spirit uh, and it, it was pervasive. I mean, the minute I pulled into the, the drive there, I felt a, a dark kind of energy. So, so it's funny great. you mention that because I just, hey, uh, Charles Rudd from Texas and oh, hey, Charles. Nikki. Um, thank you all for joining us. Um, what I was going to say is it's interesting you men mentioned Pennsylvania. I don't think we talked about this because, um, so when I was on Chasing um, Prophecy, they're all located, my co-hosts were all located in, in Pennsylvania as well. And um, another um, couple that, that are hosts on um, on the network on Horsefly Chronicles, they also live in Pennsylvania. And so, and then I, I have um, quite a bit of, of relatives in, in the New England area and, and I moved from New York, of course. So what's interesting though about that, you say that's a dark energy, almost 100% of the time and and I'm I'm not even kidding you it's it's mm -hmm. the times that I tune into their show it's the times that something is going on in Kansas like really dark where people start um reporting um 
you know, UFOs or cryptids or things like that. And then there's a, a lot of, of deaths or, or crime and things like that. Every single time it mirrors what's going on in Pennsylvania. So I find that really interesting and parts of, of New England and like some parts of Canada even. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, the way I think of it really, it's, it's a world, a world grid. Um, so you've got ley lines, of course, astrology comes in, uh, behind, really behind everything. Of course, that's what mm -hmm. I teach in some astrologers, but you know, when you have what are called the daily transits, which is where planets are on a specific day at a specific time, that's affecting the entire earth. Um, and it right. affects individuals differently depending on your, on your own birth chart, which is, you know, of course, where the planets were at the moment that you were born. So those two interact with each other. Um, it also interacts with what I call, I guess, the Earth timeline, and it interacts with the local land. And the local land has um, different types of energy based on the, the rock structure, you know, the bedrock, um, if there's magnetic rocks and things based on what's happened there in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all kinds of, there's all kinds of things. Sometimes it can be projected by the people that are living there. Oh, so yeah. when I, and I know you're aware of that too, but when I go into these areas, you know, I don't know which one it's going to be. And sometimes it takes me a few days to be able to feel where is this energy actually coming from? Um, I went to Kecksburg too, Trish, which is of course really well known for the UFO crash. Where's was, Ke uh, Kecksburg? Yeah. Kecksburg's Pennsylvania is just South of um, oh. Pittsburgh. And it's where there was a, a fairly well-known UFO crash. Supposedly uh, some people think it was, part of the the nazi bell if you've heard of that before die glocke i believe is what it's called they claim it went through a time machine or a portal and ended up in pennsylvania you know across a, lar a large span of years right. but um you know and so i had I, n I never have an idea of what to expect when i go into these places the one thing that's important is just to make sure that you have um you have your own protection you know have your own shield up be able to kind of feel through the spirit world and, and see what uh, what feels right to you, what doesn't, and trust your intuition. But at that particular site, I actually was, you know, my, my feeling was that, oh, this might be a little bit weird. Um, I don't really go looking for, for things like that anymore, but I was I was passing right through it. So I said, yeah, of course I'm going to go. You know, in a worst case scenario, five minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm not doing this. And I know, I know when I feel it, and then I can, I, I would leave if I had to, but I was standing right there in front of that memorial up on the hill there. There's a, you know, a UFO craft that looks like an acorn, essentially, was the description. And um, it's it's a memorial to the to the occurrence. And I was standing there. I'm like, oh, I actually feel fine. I actually feel pretty good. But when I got up on the ridge and I was headed out of town, I did sense something in the general area. You know, it, it, whether it's an energy or a presence, I don't know. When I was looking out the ridges and the mountains and stuff, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I can see how this this would have happened here. So um, that was just one day, you know, and, and you you really want to see it in different different weather patterns too. You want to mm -hmm. make sure that you're actually in the same state of consciousness when you're perceiving it, because that will also alter your perception. So you know, it's a, it's a very very involved process, as you know. You you have to be um, aware, be open, but also go in with uh, protection for sure. People um, don't realize even that food can 100%, especially uh, around like full moons and stuff, can um, influence or manipulate your intuition as well. 
um, especially modern day um, food, um, you know, that's processed and things like that. That's why a lot of times animals um, naturally uh, fast around different planet or moon cycles. Oh, so have you seen that actually in um, in practice? Chris, have you seen animals doing that? Yeah, well, my own. And I know that I 100%, um, my intuition is so off if I, you know, say, say the full moon lands on like a, a holiday or, or something where people, you know, aren't working and eat a lot and things like that. Yes, it absolutely can render my my awareness, my um, mm -hmm. my intuition, everything, depending on on what it is I'm eating or drinking. Or there, there's even some religions and cultures that um, won't do things like like boil water. Um, they will not eat anything, eat or drink anything that has been boiled in water um, around a full moon because it changes, um, what's the word? Probably like the ionic changes. structure of the water, literally the energy of the oh. water. Okay, and, I, and, the, and what I would say immediately is the, for me, the reason for that right off the bat is the fact that the moon rules cancer and cancer is a water sign. The moon well, only rules yeah. the, the moon only rules one sign, which is Cancer. The moon and the mm -hmm. sun have each one sign. The sun rules Leo. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, in, even the tides and everything, the moon is very closely connected with water. And also, you know what, Trish? Honestly, since you bring that up that way, uh, my other thought is is that it's probably going to re also restructure the water in your body. Which mm -hmm. you know, there's a question is is can you how much can you actually do about that if it's some kind of a, of a reaction in physics right. you know, or metaphysics? So, uh, and the other thing about the moon too is that, according in, a, in astrology, in the way I teach it, the moon is also that's actually considered a planet. It's not considered a moon. It's it's far too large for um, the classification generally being a moon. But in astrology, it occupies what's called the first heavenly sphere, the first heaven. Sometimes it's called the first lady of the sky. And the thing about that is that it's the closest body to the earth. We all know that. We all know that. And so it has a lot of influence and even just general physics, you know, the closer the body is to the other body, then you have a lot of influence and a lot of exchange. Um, and then it also, the other thing about it is that the, the, um, the orbit is very fast. It's about what, two and a half days per sign of the Zodiac. So that means that <laughs> just when you're getting comfortable with something, you know, you're like, okay, I'm getting into this pattern. It just rips that away from you and it shifts signs. And depending on how that's going to uh, interact with your birth chart, you're going to feel that. So, oh, uh, and always, always be ready for the unexpected. The, each each planet when that the moon is in also affects different body parts, and people don't realize that. So, like, correct, it's yeah. not safe to have surgery on certain. You know, if you're going to have like, I don't know, the, it, it's common for. Um, people to have like appendicitis or, or gallbladder surgery mm -hmm. or things like that when um, and then there's there's other ones like this past full moon I, I'm a Gemini so so the full moon it, it was in Gemini and that um, correlates with your your fingers and your throat um, like throat shock or things like that so 
everyone around me said that they, you know, and, and I'm sure this time of year also with the air being dry and stuff as well, yeah. but had throat issues, you know, they're more likely to injure that if they do a lot of singing or yelling or whatever people do. And, um, but I kept cutting my fingers and I'm like, what is, and then I remembered that, you know, that directly correlates with Gemini. So. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing about that, uh, I actually just did an entire show on astrology in the body with, uh, my co-host Karen Holton. We have a podcast called aliens and astrology. If you guys want to check that out, uh, it's on, it is on my YouTube page. I think we will have a link posted, but it's, it's easy to find. It's just my name, Dave Petrella. You'll find my page. Anyway, I, I go over the entire thing, and even a lot of astrologers, they, they're not aware of that. Um, they, they don't really talk about the human body a lot, and it goes, it, in fact, it goes so far that it's absolutely shocking, <laughs> shocking. How, well, uh, and you, I don't know why it's not taught. It should be taught I in medical know. school, oh, you yeah. know, because that's how serious it is. Like, it, yeah. it, and people say, oh, no, well, that's, you know, that's this woo-woo stuff, you no, yeah. it's not. You can actually, it's scientific based. Like you can, you, it's, it's just astonishing to me that nobody takes it that serious because it's, it affects everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm, before I start with astrology, I'm a scientist guys. So when I came, when I came into that, I actually didn't want to do astrology. It was put in my hands as what I believe is responsibility to the earth and to teach it correctly. And I would never have done it if I couldn't literally put, basically put my hands in front of my eyes and um, and and get it like 99% accurate every time. And then the 1% that I missed is it would be my fault. It's not the chart. It's actually just me, you know, with with something. Um, but the point is, is that I looked at it as a science from the very beginning because I've been trained in sciences. You know, I studied biology since I was 10 years old, and so. I had the proper scientific method already in place. So when my friend, actually Santos Bonacci, he's a he's an absolute genius, guys. Go to his uh, YouTube channel, Mr. Astrotheology. Uh, he's pretty much essentially the number one flat Earth guy on the planet right now. Uh, he's What's a world his class. Name? His name is Santos Bonacci, B-O-N-A-C-C-I, uh, and he's a um, world class astrologer. He also teaches about human sovereignty and. Um, you know, the corruption of the world and the, the, the ruling families and all this stuff. He, he's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, I, I actually learned the basics of astrology from him in 2015. And the thing that happened was um, I gave him a chance because actually the information that he had about the Eastern teachings of the human body, uh, Eastern medicine, and also about how astrology is in the body and about this, the sacred spinal cord fluid and all these topics that you never hear about in the West, not even one time at all. Uh, for me, I'll speak for myself. Um, and then what I did was he had some suggestions of, about videos to watch uh, if you enjoyed his video. And I said, wow, yeah, the, he actually changed, completely changed my life. And in the, the side column were videos about astrology. And I, the reason I gave him a chance was because he completely knocked it out of the park with the esoteric side of biology. And so I already trusted him. And I said, all right, if he's, if someone like this who brought this to me, which I've been waiting for, for like my entire life, this was when I was maybe well, about 26 or something like that. I found this on YouTube. Um, I said that, yeah, if he brought that to me, I'm going to, I'm going to watch every video that he's done. And that's kind of what I do is if I, uh, if I really uh, build trust in someone, I'll watch all of their work. I want to know, because if, if you got a good bearing on that, chances are you probably have a good bearing on some other stuff too. And it makes sense to like pay attention to that person, even out of respect too. 
So I watched the astrology videos and then I just took it into the field with me. I did my own birth chart. I did my friend's birth charts. Uh, then I started to do birth charts for people that I didn't know. And um, I was able to place it in the proper sign every time it made sense to completely fit. And I actually was essentially forced to accept the system because it was scientifically sound. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't my opinion. It was, I didn't do it because I wanted to. You know, I'm not right. like trying to be I'm not even I'm very straight, actually very straight down the center kind of person, even though I, I go into all the fields. But um, I'm not trying to be counterculture. I'm not trying to be cool. I'm not trying to get attention. I'm doing it because it's a science. It's actually a science. It was not, it's not taught as a science now. It's taught as a pseudoscience and people know it from newspapers and horoscopes and all this stuff. But actually it was called the science of light in ancient Egypt. And between ancient Egypt and ancient Mesopotamia, uh, the system of tropical astrology was developed and it was taught as a science because it's all mathematics. In fact, it, it's mm -hmm. it's all it's actually all numbers if you really want to break it down to how it actually works it's all angles and yeah. numbers numerology and i don't oh yeah and i don't have to do any kind of inference it's all right in front of me i just look at i look at the number i look at the degree and then i tell the person what that means and that's all it is it's a system so an interesting thing which i uh numerology came into my life um you know, of course, out of nowhere, um, intuitively a long time ago, but, but I didn't know at the time how to decipher it. And then once I start, you know, people talk about seeing numbers on, on billboards and license plates and all these street signs and all of these things. Well, eventually I realized that those were actually certain, I mean, obviously it was signs that I was supposed supposed to pay attention to intuitively in my life but they were degrees and angles and and it was a specific you know if i see a certain number and i see it next to a specific letter or another number or something like that i know which direction whatever it is that's trying to send me a message is coming from or what's coming up you know and, and that's actually saved uh saved my life actually in a, in a lot of cases and i know there's probably tons of of psychics and mediums and stuff out there that do that but don't even realize they're doing it you know because they haven't actually um gotten it down to to a science yet you know quite literally um because before i would have just thought that was that was my intuition you know that was it's it's the same concept of people with um with like lottery numbers and and things like that um, everything's, everything's numbers, everything's, um, probability and, and patterns and sequences and things like that. Um, and so when you, when you can read that, then it, it makes it much, much less confusing, I think. Um, as far as like grid points and things like that on a map. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, when you're, cre I, what I teach the earth as like, I teach it as a, it's a created system. You know, when you have the whole universe in front of you, this is one segment, and it was, it's a created system with specific laws in it. So basically, though, if, if you got the laws in place, you know, I'll just start with, with of course, astrology, the science of the solar system, the master science. Um, and by the way, it's, there's 12 signs, so today is, is really perfect. Uh, it's kind of, you know, last minute, but I'm so happy to join you. Because and 12, 12, the 12th month, 12th, 12th yeah. day, 
<laughs> and that's my even my my Instagram uh, name is Dave Patrol Twelve because it's the twelve signs. Um, but the thing about it is that it's really um, you have to understand it is that in order to give any kind of system, when I say system, I'm talking about the Earth system, which includes the Earth plus the, all the planets and stars and everything, especially well the stars that are within the within the um, what I would call the tenth sphere. Anything inside of that is part of the Earth system. Um, and it's, you know, it's anchored with the sun, of course, because the sun gives light and, and power to everything in our solar system. And each, all, all the stars, you know, a lot of them supposedly, maybe even most of them are supposed to have planets. Well, this is just one of those systems. And in this system, it's in terms of the mental world, um, it's base 12 because that's 12 signs. And in the model of cosmology that I teach, the 12 signs of the zodiac actually exists in what's called the eighth sphere or the eighth chakra. The, the spheres and the chakras of the human body are actually equivalent. So when you're talking about the stars and your mental world and the entire zodiac, it actually exists above your head, like right about here, you know, above the seventh chakra and the eighth. And that's also why we see the one that comes to mind, the, the clearest for me is actually the Virgin Mary is that she has actually a, like a crown of stars and it's not like on her head. It's actually like a little bit above her head. You see the stars are sitting up there um, because that's where all of the, the mental um, energy comes in through the eighth chakra, through the mental, the mental sphere and through the eighth, the eighth sphere up there. Um, and so all of the Zodiac actually exists up here technically. And then when you yeah. come down, I just want to add one more thing. Chris. When you come down oh. to the physical, the physical world, which is the human body, that's base seven. And that's where the seven chakras come in. And that's the seven traditional planets. And then on top of that, all the 12 signs are also physically in your body, starting with Aries up here. And you mentioned Gemini. Um, Gemini is actually where the body actually truncates. So right here at the base of the neck, that's where it splits out into two. And it includes all of your arms and you know the bottom part of your throat. That's, that is Gemini. And that's the, that's the reason for that. And that's also why when you get to Gemini during the, uh, the year, the season of Gemini, which is, uh, you know, roughly May 21st to June 19th or 20th, somewhere in there. Um, it, it's the reason that it's, it's a, the other reason it's a dualistic sign is because it's actually branching the spring season with the summer season. So the spring is on this side. That's one of the twins. The other twin is on this side, reaching out to summer. So you've got Gemini there at the top saying, oh, I'm going to bring these two together with the two principles, you know, and that's where you kind of get yeah, that. It's right but... in the middle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But all of the um, signs are also in your physical body. It's all integrated, you know. It's hard to say it's one thing or another, but the easiest way that I teach it is that the physical world the number is seven. The spiritual world, the number is 12, 12 slash 13. Now, that's what I was going to ask. What is your your opinion or, or thoughts on the 13th sign being, oh, is it Ophiuchus? Ophiuchus, yep. Yeah. Well, Ophiuchus, and like the Mayan theory of, you know, even 13 months. Right. Well, I, this is a very important topic, and I, I want to set this straight. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with, that, with this. Uh, there's a lot of things I can say about it. I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. The first part is that 12, 12 and 13, they go together. It's like kind of like a pairing. Uh, 12 is kind of like the last step. Um, it's kind of like the, the completion step. And then 13 is 
the result of the completion. So when you hit 13, there's no more work that has to be done. You have, you know, you have ascension and you have the mastery. Um, that last step is the step where you relax. And it's the same thing with 32 and 33. 32 is the last time you do work. And then when you get to 33, you get to enjoy and bask in the glory. It's a master so the, number. Oh, absolutely. So the thing with, um, the thing with Ephucus, I'll talk about this first, is that the, the sun moves through what's called the ecliptic. Uh, the ecliptic is the path of the sun across the sky over the course of the year. And the reason we have the 12 zodiac signs is because the sun passes through those 12 signs, which means it's, you know, I, I, I think it's within 11 degrees or something like that of the ecliptic. All of the main um, signs of the zodiac occur within that small bracket. So it technically also goes through Ephucus, which is between Scorpio and Sagittarius. But the thing about it, and this is coming from, this is coming from me because I couldn't find good answers. I'm looking online. I'm like, all right, what do what do people think about it? What do I feel about it? And the thing about it is that um, it does go through a fucus, but it goes through the very bottom of the constellation where the the main stars of a fucus are nowhere near where the sun pat when the sun passes through a fucus, the main stars of a fucus are nowhere near where it passes through. The closest uh, main stars that it passes through are actually the sun, are actually the stars of Scorpio. So what I say is that the, the influence is still coming from Scorpio because the, the stars are very close to that, and the stars of Ephucus are way off on the other side. So it does technically go through it, but the influence is coming from Scorpio because those main stars are much closer to the ecliptic than the stars of Ephucus, if that makes any sense. Um, the, uh, the topic of the, the thir 13 moon calendar, this one's ex extremely important. Um, there's some, ar there's some argument, it's actually a good argument that it, it's more accurate to have a 13 month calendar than a 12 month calendar. Uh, and, and, uh, I don't have my calculator in front of me, but if you multiply, uh, 13 times 30, you get very close to the length of the year. Um, is it 13 times, excuse me, that's not correct. 13 times 27, I believe, or 28. That's what I meant to say. So if you multiply those numbers, you're going to get really close to the, I think it's 364, if I'm not mistaken. It's like right in there. Um, and, and the reason that, that I think is more accurate is because the month, and even the word month, is based on the word moon. You know, mon and moon, it's the same word, essentially. So um, in the, the length of the moon cycles between, I believe, 27 and 29 days. It's somewhere right in there, and it might even vary a little bit depending on conditions. But the point of that is, is that well, you want to get your subunit, the month, which is the subunit of the year. It's not. It's technically really not based on thirty. I mean, it's based on the moon cycle. So right. you you can get there either way using twelve months or thirteen months. But um, yeah, yeah, but you know, it's they're both they're both accurate to me because twelve also that's the master number of the zodiac, really. So you have to, it's this thing where it's oscillating back. It's a really weird thing, Trish. I just, even with the, uh, the ages, they say that every, uh, well, let's see, it's every 6,500 years or so, there's a cataclysm that happens, apocalyptic mm -hmm. event, things are reset, whether it's with a water or fire or wind destroying things. But, um, at, you know, when you add that up, you actually end up with between, well, you end up with 13, a 13,000 year which is half of the great year cycle. It, the total length is uh, 25,920. So the thing about that is even with the great cycle, it's oscillating back and forth between 12 and 13. 
and I, I can watch it and I, I just see it moving back and forth like that. It's just amazing. It's amazing. So I, I say it's both. You just have to know how to define it. Well, and there, it, a lot of other things play into it as well, as far as like leap years, um, you know, the, mm-hmm. our, our basis, I guess our concept of time is very simplistic, <laughs> I guess, oh, yeah. in the, as far as the the bigger picture goes, because if you actually started breaking down, you know, the amount of time that is gained or lost during different times of the year or different moon cycles, things like that, of days, then it wouldn't come out to be the exact same number every year. And so um, it's kind of like biorhythms, you know, in biorhythm, it never made sense to me that, that everything was like, 30 day um, challenges for things or 30 days, you know, in hypnosis, like two different mindset, things like that. It actually takes the human brain 33 mm-hmm. days to actually even grasp the concept of like habitual change. You know, I see that a lot in fitness too. And so the fact that there is not a month that has 33 days, you would have to go into the next one, obviously, the next cycle, essentially, um, yeah. to complete that. So so it's like we're, we're, we're constantly as humans. And maybe I, I, I've been thinking, it's funny, well, of course, we're, we would talk about something that we've both been thinking of, because oh, yeah. I, uh, I was thinking about this last week, though. I'm like, that's, that's why um, humans in general and the Earth itself keeps repeating all of these cycles because we're literally and this came up because i was supposed to run um a marathon last week and i was thinking about it and i thought about the last time i'm a terrible runner like i don't i don't run (laughs) i uh (laughs) and so i was thinking about the last time i did and i was a short distance runner you know when i was younger and then all of a sudden they needed someone for this relay and i got to the end of the like but I used, I exerted all of my energy, just like we do during the day or during the year. And here we are at the 12th month, you know, I exerted all of my energy at the beginning of the race because I wasn't used to being a long distance runner. And I literally fell right before the baton handoff at the end of the race. Like, and that reminded me of how we do as humans and why we keep reliving all of these things over and over and over, because we're literally getting to the end of the race and we quit right before the finish line because we're, we don't know any different. We don't know that we have to, we need that last, you know, we, we need that 13th month to get over the year. And, uh, it's, that was an interesting con. I was like, that's, that's why we always, like that's why we're reliving yeah. all these things over and over and over because we're, we're not finishing the race. Like, we're not, Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is that uh, what I would say from my perspective, we're, we're also not really understanding um, the quantum field very well. We're, mm-hmm. we're missing the boat on that one. And At all. Oh, right. Yeah. But, you know, the ancient Indians, they did. And then you got, you got modern physicists coming out saying like, oh, this is the theory, guys. This is what we think. I'm like, I don't care what you think, because the Hindus already knew it. You want, to, you want to read their text, guys? It's actually in their texts. And they're very comfortable, even even Native American tribes, very comfortable talking about portals and, and quantum physics and all these things. Yes. You know, why is, why is it so hard for the mainstream? And, it, you know, it might be a control mechanism thing. It's also ignorance, I think. Um, 
But the thing about the human body, and you mentioned earlier that we don't realize realize how much power we have. Well, back in the beginning, in, in uh, ancient Egypt, maybe even pre-ancient Egypt or pre-Pharaoh, they were teaching the real ascension teachings. You know, by the time by the time you had mummies and stuff like that, they were already missing the point. I mean, I, I'll argue that one to death because no pun intended, or uh, maybe pun intended. But the point is, is that they're saying, oh, let's put the oil and the salts, let's put it on the outside of the body after the person's died, let's remove the organs and all this stuff, and they'll one day reunite with their body. Well, you know, last time I checked, I'm not trying to be offensive, but last time I checked, when you go into an Egyptian tomb, there's still a body there, you know, and it's it's in, in decomposition. So it didn't, it, to me, it doesn't seem like that worked out too well. Now, maybe it's a different timeline, maybe they're waiting for the future, but the original teaching, and I'll hang my hat on this for the rest of my time on the planet, is actually about the oils on the inside of the body and the salts on the inside of the body. And that is called Ayurvedic medicine, which mm -hmm. is based out of ancient India. So everything I almost, you know, um, almost everything literally that is in the Western world for me is like a rehash or it's like a misunderstanding of the actual original teachings, which I am 100% yes. confident that ancient India still has intact if you know how to look for it. So the, the point I'm trying to make is that the human body is designed for ascension. Uh, before, before the Christian narrative um, of Jesus came up, and, I, and I'll just put it out there, I actually believe Jesus was actually a real person, but um, in maybe in possibly different dimensions and timelines and perspectives and things, that's all on the table. But the original teaching was always, even before Jesus was here, was always that you have to save yourself. You have to do it. You have to do the work. You know, you have to make the, the yeah. moral decisions. You have to improve your energy in your body. You have to improve the clarity of your oh, body. Yeah. And that happens through the principles of Ayurvedic medicine, which is fasting, circulating your fluids mm -hmm. and getting the oils back into your organs and uh, the channels of your body. So that part, you know, when I look around, since I teach, you know, essentially the, the principles of Eastern medicine or, or pre, even pre-medicine, I would really call it it's even simpler, is the fact that we're wait, We're sitting here, you know, waiting. Some people are wa actually waiting for a savior in the sky, and I'm and I'm not actually discounting that necessarily. I I actually believe that's going to happen as well. But the point is, is that you. This is my firm belief. You don't get your freedom as a, as a sovereign being until you're fully in control of your own energy grid in your body. Because what that means, what that means is you don't actually need um, food coming in. You don't need outside mm -hmm. energy coming in. You produce your own energy through fusion. You actually become mm -hmm. essentially a star or, or, a, or a sun, which is why in Hollywood people are called stars all the time. And then that is a sovereign being. And now, since you don't need food, you don't need shelter, and you don't have a physical body anymore, you're free. You're actually free yeah. because you, you increased your energy enough to get yourself out of the dimension. So that's the other part I'd add to that. Well, and so... And I, I, I have the same belief as far as like Jesus and everything. There's, you know, I think each culture had their own version of like ascended masters of, of right, healers yeah. and such that, um, because yes, I 100%, I mean, nobody would believe this and I, I like without seeing it or, you know, but yes, I probably, there's probably quite a few people that I know that could probably walk on water if they wanted to, or you know 
it, it would seem like they came back to life or they were all kinds of things. Like I've died five times in this life alone. You know what I mean? I was only resuscitated one of those, one of those. So artificially. Um, so, so there's so many, there's, there's things that we just, I mean, yes, I think it's, I agree on, um, I think it's a combination of both being, you know, kind of a cover up due to, to power and, and other other issues, religions, things like that, or just lack of knowledge, because we've, we've come so far from where we began. And, you know, I started having dreams about where I grew up in New Mexico. Um, it, it was just in the last few years, they've discovered bones and, and artifacts and things from, from a tribe that uh, was almost 30,000 years old. Now that's one of the oldest um, to date that science has found um, in the world, you know, and and they um, 100% had kind of a, what is it, the, the animistic uh, beliefs as far as, as the world went, that everything, everything on this planet, everything in the universe for that matter, had this universal energy, which meant that they had to respect, you know, even rocks and and trees and and everything like that. And so, and that makes sense if you consider, um, you know, the earth, as you said, like the oils and salts and everything being within our bodies. Well, of course, my beliefs as within, so without. So, uh, the earth itself uh, as a living thing, an entire, you know, you've got the core, you've got, you've got the water inside the earth, you've got the oils inside the earth, things like that. And then of course, think of the ozone as like uh, the earth's auric field, you know, and once you break it down where people yeah. almost to like, it reminds me of that show that came out a long time ago. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Because once you break things down like that, it, it helps me as an adult but when you break it down to other adults who've been looking at things in such a complicated manner, it's really very simple. Um, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you say, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Why? And when you start thinking of atoms and, and things like that, instead of just, a, you know, the mass of a person, you're talking about how, how we could become essentially like stars. Yes. Um, because we just see see this as like a shell, you know? So as far as, there was an interesting thing on uh, Einstein I read recently, and, and that's obviously quantum physics and things like that. He was genius, um, far, far beyond his time as far as uh, the discoveries. It, all of those people back then, Tesla, not not like the car people, I know there's going to be some out there that are like, oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of controversy with both of those guys, too. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Tesla was, um, he was actually, I mean, I believe he was murdered. And then all oh, yeah. of his texts and documents were taken by some mysterious group of people. Yeah. But, you know, how about this? Okay, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. It's, all, it's out there in all the stories. But he was killed on the 33rd floor, supposedly, of the building. But how how did the, how was that organized? I mean, come come on, you know we know, especially in 2022, we know how many people use that number, how many secret societies use that number, and then Einstein, supposed oh, yeah. supposedly, was 
And this is a this is a, the first time I heard this was actually Santos Bonacci. If you guys want to hear more about Einstein, I'd go over to his page actually, because um, I don't do a lot with it. But supposedly he was. Head. <laughs> oh, you got one very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so supposedly um, he was put in place uh, to destroy some of the ancient traditions, and he was uh, a thorn in the side of a lot of the the ancient philosophers who actually knew what they were talking about. He might he might have actually been a prop. I'm not trying to be offensive to people, but you know, again, well, he was you... a uh, he was part of the Nazi the scientists from the. That's right. Yep. State. So he had that affiliation, but uh, not by choice necessarily. You know, that's just what he did. But but what I was going to say that I never knew this. I never knew. Einstein's brain, so he requested that his body, um, you know, he died in mysterious circumstances as well, and he requested that his body um, be cremated, which I think it was somebody like his brother, somebody close to him ended up carrying out. But before they they could do that, somebody else took his brain, Nobody knows who the original person that took his brain. They divided it up in 200 pieces, sliced up in 200 pieces, and shipped it off all over the world to different scientists. Against Einstein's wishes, obviously, and against his family's Mm. and everything else. Now, what's interesting about that, when I was reading about, you know, um, they're talking about sound... uh, sonic weapons as but also as healing you know there's devices now that that are out with um with machines that that create different vibrations and such to heal a person's dna and this came about because uh you know i do a lot of research on as far as the lyme disease and and immune suppressant diseases and such that actually happened really close to where i grew up trish which is lyme connecticut so i know all about that there's, so, there's a bio, you know, the biological uh, factory just off the coast of Connecticut where they were doing all kinds of experiments. And then suddenly Lyme disease appears right across the bay. I mean, come on, come on. Like, yeah. these are not hard things to put together. That doesn't just and happen. And then they like move that. that center to Kansas. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a few, part. five years. Yeah, they just built the, the nuclear biodefense center in Manhattan, Kansas, um, which actually probably shouldn't be within, I don't know hundreds of miles of civilization but here it is in the heartland um so that's the new plum island basically is is uh and so but but with Einstein, what i was going to say his brain being spread across the world and when you think about the sarcophagus sarcophagus of like egyptian um pharaohs and things like that so this report said that they didn't need uh, the actual body of a person or even like, say you wanted to heal yourself with one of these machines. You only need your DNA there. You don't have to physically be there to enable this machine based on the vibrations and such to heal you. Wow, okay. So you could take a piece of like whatever your DNA, your hair, anything. Um, and essentially uh, go to work, do whatever. That's what this was advertising and leave that there to heal you remotely. First of all, okay. You know, all, all you witch hunters out there, 
Isn't that essentially the same thing? Second of all, yeah, I find that interesting because with all these mummies and stuff that are being, um, that are touring the world, you know, that were buried in these tombs and, and we take them out and we're digging up bodies of all of our ancestors and all these things just to study science. But the same with Einstein's brain. And it got this report got into why he didn't want his body. He he wanted to make sure that this one person knew specifically to make sure that he was cremated. And I'm assuming that's why, because remotely you, you can manipulate anything, anyone for that matter, because original, and then that branches off to everyone a person's related to. So when I explain how people from the beginning of time can have the living, you know, Christ gene or, or um, various religions explain it a different way. But so when a mother is pregnant, I learned this because that's one of the times I flatlined was when I was when I had my son. The not only does the mom pass healing cells to the fetus if needed, but the fetus can also um, exchange to the brain directly to the brain um, healing cells to the mother. Now, if you think about that then that would live on forever as long as people are alive because it would keep going on to the next one and the next one, the next, you know? Um, so it, it's always, we're always connected in that way to everything. So if you get a person's DNA that has a bloodline and ancestry that goes back to the beginning of time and you manipulate their DNA, it's going to affect every single person along that bloodline which would be everyone. Oh yeah, and the earth grid too, because and yeah. everything that changes. I don't know if you probably, I'm sure you've noticed this too, Trish, but anytime a high profile person dies, I feel a vacancy in the grid and, and I feel it shift I, because their, their consciousness is not being put into the larger system anymore. And mm -hmm. I know that they're not there and I'm aware of it. And then actually that's when things, usually that's often when you see things really shift in a lot of times because uh, if it was a positive influence of a person, well, it's like the chaperone has left the room, you know? So now right. the energy that's been trying to get in, now it can sometimes do that. And, so, oh, good. oh, I was going to say that brings up what we were talking about um, kind of before the show, you know, as far as other now, you know, you were talking about there's, we're, we're kind of seeing past the veil and being able to discern between good and evil as far as, uh, I guess, spirits and, and extraterrestrials and things that could be a walk into human bodies. But what, what is your opinion of that on the future of other um, outside influences, I guess? Trying to come into human bodies, you're saying? Well, trying to, you know, if, if humans have finally secured maybe our, um, well, we're still on the risk of extinction either way, but if we finally secured um, being able to discern between spirits and, and extraterrestrials and things like that influencing our bodies. But there's so many theories that, you know, 
plants are actually farming us or that um, like there's the whole democratic ex human extinction um, theory, you know, that they're trying to make humans go extinct to save the world and, and things like that, or, or the machine base, like AI taking over. Yeah, definitely. Well, all that stuff is, is really coming into the limelight now. I mean, it's become very apparent. Uh, it's really obvious, even over the past, like, three years, it's just gotten... Oh, yeah. I mean, I get so... I get, you know, in terms of bot messages and stuff, like, I actually I actually ask the person, I'm like, look, I'm sorry, man, you know, but I actually don't think you're a real person, so... And I'm not being disrespectful, but if you are, then I want you to prove that to me right now. And if you're not willing to do that, then we're not talking. Because I, you don't know who was on the other end, you know. And most, right. I, I actually think about half the time there's actually not a person there, and it's wasting my time. And it's also pissing me off. Excuse my language, but it's like, look, I have things to do. I'm not going to. It's not even a person, you know. This is ridiculous. But the yeah, the AI question. I think it, the battle between actually good and evil is largely AI driven, and um, some people think we're coming up on a resolution to that very soon. Um, you know, the, the poll shift, uh, I know Frank Jacob is saying it's going to be in April. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still saying that, but it feels about right to me. We're about to go through another solstice. And then eight days after that, we're going through part three of Pluto return. And I'll just remind people, this is for the United, Pluto return to the United States, which means it, the last time Pluto was in the position it's in now was when the United States was founded 248 years ago. It only happens once every 248 years, so no one on the Earth has seen this yet. Um, and the thing about it is that it's, it, you know, it's kind of come in three parts this year. The first part was February 22nd, which two days after that, the war with Ukraine and Russia broke out. Which And I, I said it for like four weeks before that happened, Trish. And I'm like, guys, there's going to be a war. I'm sorry. Okay, but you have to just, just, just get ready for it, you know, and be in the right place, the right state of mind. Um, and then July 11th was the second one. I don't know what that was because I was actually on the road. I wasn't paying attention to news stories and stuff. And then uh, the third part three of Pluto return, which for me, it kind of rounds it out. It kind of closes out the year and it figurative, figuratively and, act, and actually um, is December 28th, which is seven days after the equinox. Um, so those get combined as if they're not, they're, they're not powerful enough by themselves, which they are. So, um, you know, I can already feel the, I, I actually was started to feel the equinox about four days ago. It's, um, it's called an orb, which means how many days on either side can you feel the influence of the solstice of the equinox or whatever you're looking at. I can feel it, um, I would say about, uh, probably maximum of about two weeks before the event happens. It doesn't get strong until about seven days before. But, um, you know, as we're coming into it, I, I have not... I can't remember a, a month period. It's not even a month. It's probably three week period where I've been as busy with downloads coming in, talking to people, networking with people, doing shows, huge amounts of information coming in, things that I never thought, I didn't even think it was out in the grid to actually have access. To. I didn't think it existed. And then suddenly all this stuff is coming in. You know, a lot of this is related to these big events that are happening. It's also related to my chart. Um, because it's not just the, what's happening in the sky at the moment, but it's what's, it's what's in your birth chart, which is what you actually um, interact with every day when you interact with the world. You carry your own birth, you carry your own sky in your body. So that's the right. first point of influence. 
then it's what's out here. So what I'm trying to say is that um, it's going to be compounded. After once we pass the solstice, it's going to get actually, believe it or not, it's going to get even more more intense, and it's going to continue to ramp up until the 28th. And then, I mean, for a minimum of another seven days after that, we're talking like January 5th or 6th, which also happens to be essentially right in the middle of Capricorn. So all these, none of these things are random, you know, and, and what I say is that when the, when the earth time clock was created at the beginning, when I guess at the beginning of time, whenever that was, um, it was created to basically do things at certain times. And for me, when I watch the time cycles move, us move through time cycles and different ages and stuff like that, all I'm really seeing is that whatever intelligent race created the earth and created humans and created all this, the system, I'll put it that way. All they had to do was once they finished with the organization, it's basically like, um, it's kind of like, like playing Legos almost. It's like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to create the, the, the house here and we're going to make the little people and we'll put them out front. We'll put the plants in the front stuff like that. And then they just stand back and let people enjoy it. It's kind of similar. It's that the system has been created. It's multidimensional. It's, it's fractal in many ways. So it's not, not as as confining as it sounds it's actually you actually have a lot more freedom than than it sounds like but that that depends on your own energy what things are picking up on but the point of this is that um they basically press play and then they just watch because they already did yeah. all the work they, they already knew that you know pluto was going to be where it is on the 28th of december in 2022 and that that was the first pluto return to the united states they knew that it's all been set it's all been set into motion but don't ever give up your free will don't um ever not pay attention to what your heart is saying you know you want to follow um your objective for this planet i think it's important to, to try to get that established for everyone you know why, why why am i here what is my purpose what am i doing and stay focused on that and you're gonna be okay this is not the only life you know we keep we keep going well and like the egyptians taught us you know it you can't stop things from happening i i, I always even when you know, even, you know, that that's the terrible thing about being psychic or, or even when you get into subjects like um, artificial resuscitation and an abortion and things like that. There's yeah. a big reason that it see and, and the only people that would probably say this are those that have probably actually died before and been brought back to life because then I have had to relive certain things that happened um, up until that point over and over and over because I was supposed to die then, you know, I mean, so it's like hacking the, it's a universal law thing. And, mm -hmm. and believe me, that when the more times you bring someone back, it, it's literally like, and I thought about this because I was, I had some cut roses, you know, and I was giving them, they always send you um, from like floral shops and stuff, that fertilizer stuff. It's supposed to keep them looking alive longer and like fresh and stuff, but, but they're cut, like they're, they're going to die. <laughs> like, but here we are just feeding a dead, you know what I mean? And, and that made me think about that. I'm like, does that, that's not really doing anyone service to, um, and the same with abortion and regardless of a person's moral 
or um, religious or or whatever thoughts about it, um, it's it interrupts the universal law. And I cannot emphasize enough how much that affects a bloodline. I, I mean, generations or you know, you know, people say, well, what if that child would have had um, a better life or wouldn't have had a life or what if they're doing whatever a person's arguments, um, you know, to each their own. But I'm saying is there's things that aren't being considered when you think about that, you know, when when you think about maybe that was that that specific generation's karma, maybe. Oh, whatever yeah. happens and people don't think about that because i promise you like i've realized in my own ancestry my own bloodline you know things happen um to me on the exact same day in the exact same fashion that happened to one of my ancestors um and so we're we're interrupting a lot of that by it, it, the same with like vaccines and stuff and, and yes i i i've had them like we as humans we only know what we know until and, until we know differently you know so a lot of times we don't understand and that's what N nikola tesla and einstein and people like that even edgar Allan poe died mysteriously for his, you know, and his writings obviously were far beyond his time. Most people nowadays can't even comprehend what he wrote. Um, but that's the danger of those things is that we don't realize the damage we're doing until 100 years later. You know, we don't do anything to the earth with AI, with, with any of that. All of those people back then. And, and look at all of the the studies even with the government were, were way back in the 60s they even had you know cell phone um different um already being invented and, and things and people can't that blows people's mind in modern times thinking that no no that's impossible that they know they wouldn't, wouldn't they have told us wouldn't somebody have told us wouldn't we have learned that no um and that's why by the time everybody caught on, it's too late. It's too late. You know, I mean, it's not too late to, to going back to what you say, there's no one coming to save us. You got to save yourself. You know, you, it, it doesn't matter. There's no secret pill. There's no secret, like fountain of youth, nothing, unless you raise your own vibration. There, that's yeah, why people know. get cancer over and over and over and they're healed yeah. from it. And then they get it again. Um, things like that. It, it doesn't matter. There's nobody is immune from the obstacles of life, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting too, because, um, you know, I was vehemently opposed in the beginning to a savior coming on the clouds. You know, I know, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, uh, joke about that. So yeah, that's the most ridiculous thing. However, um, I've uh, since what basically, and again, this is to, this is things that have been shown to me directly through revelation, through visions, through my research, through being on the road, through other people, is that the story that I feel is actually coming um, into prominence right now is the, the the ancient stories from the Bible, and specifically the Book of Revelation. 
the very weird thing because it's not something I would ever have chosen to say, oh, this makes, I want to do this or this makes sense to me or whatever. I'm actually just, I'm, I'm getting pieces of information that is indicating that I think what we're going into is related to that story. And of course, like you were talking about, uh, things don't disappear until there's a resolution, whether it's in your life or whether it's in the larger cycles of earth time or whatever, it will keep coming back. And it's, you know, it's a big cycle. But the thing for me, oh, I, actually, I want to talk about Jesus for a minute, because this is a very interesting character in history. Um, the first thing I want to say about it is that he was supposed to have been born at the beginning of the age of Pisces. And the thing that's important about that is there's a reason he's associated with the fish. There's also a reason he's associated with the loaves, the, the fish and the loaves, because the loaves is Virgo, which is opposite to Pisces. So this is also an astrological story. But the thing about it is that he came in at the beginning of the age of Pisces. I believe that he was the, he is, was and is currently um, the, the supervisor for the earth. So he, he is one of, in my belief, one of the 12 ascended masters. There's one ascended master per sign of the Zodiac, which means one ascended master per age of the Zodiac. And each age is 2,160 years. And he even said, we have the text in the Bible, he said, I will be with you until the end of the age. Now, that's not a, that's not a random reference to me. He's being, to me, that's a literal, a literal statement. The end of the age of Pisces, which means that he's going to pass the torch on to the new supervisor for the Earth system, who is the ascended master of Aquarius, which is what we're going into. Um, you know, so in terms of these stories coming in, there, there's so many other references. You know, look for the, I believe it was said, um, Jesus said, look for the man with the water pitchers on his shoulder. I mean, come on, that is Aquarius, guys. That is Aquarius. That's how he's depicted with the water on the shoulder. So he was already preparing people for the transition between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius way back when he was still here. Uh, and, you know, again, that's if people believe he was here. But the thing about it is that I believe that, I'll put it this way, you're, you're not going to, this is my firm belief, you're not going to get your freedom from the earth system until you harness the power of your own energy your own energy field you you have to lift yourself you have to lift it yourself and there are ways to do that it is there's science behind it but i also believe that when these ascended masters come to the earth they do change the structure of the earth which includes the entire etheric grid uh the sun you know gravity density all this stuff it actually will will shift i believe per per the age that you're in so um you know, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that it's going to be an extinction event. But what I think it is, is that uh, the focus is essentially is, is machines and technology and AI and all this stuff, which is firmly in the realm of Aquarius. That stuff is not Pisces at all. That is not Pisces material. That's Aquarius material. The space race, Aquarius, um, the being uh, as a culture, being quirky and you know having these one liners and stuff like that. It's not really Pisces. That's Aquarius. So when you see the culture being influenced by that and you see the signs, I mean, I was even said in the Bible too, look for the signs, look for the signs. They'll be in the heavens. Um, it's, it's trying to indicate stuff and we are, we are transitioning, but I think that what you need, what people should keep in mind is that uh, it may be both. There may be, um, there may be a savior. There may be a new savior coming in who I would call an ascended master, another, a different ascended master from Jesus. 
And um, the thing about it is that that will change the system. The fact that that ascended being comes into the earth grid, integrates their consciousness with the earth grid, will instantly change the earth grid. That's the first part. But you're still not going to be miraculously saved. It may get right. easier. It may get easier. It may be more convenient. Maybe we have free energy or something like that. But I still believe there's going to be like a natural expiration of life. You know, you live 100 years or 120 years and then you die. But if you're tired of the whole thing, you don't want to play any of the game anymore, then I would go to the uh, ancient Indian teachings about ascension, which is you can read the text, guys. It's online. It's actually free online called the Sushruta Samhita, uh, S-U-S-H-R-U-T-A space S-A-M-H-I-T-A. And that's the book um, that Ayurvedic medicine is based off of. And it was written down. I mean, I don't know if it was a thousand BC or something like that. I could be a little bit off. But before it was written down, I guarantee it was already in place uh, in an oral tradition for many thousands of years before that. This, these things don't just miraculously appear out of nowhere. These huge um, uh, volumes of, of knowledge about medicine in the body, you know. So I, I think it's uh, it's wise to not jumps to conclusions too fast about the, the um, mythologies from the Bible and from some of the other religious texts about who these figures were, because people might be shocked and or surprised or both when there is someone who comes, there is a savior that comes and changes the grid, changes the earth grid, but still the message is continued that you, you're still responsible for your development. I'm not going to, that's, it's the most ridiculous thing to assume that, Oh yeah, someone's going to do all of it for us. Well, you right. know what? Maybe that person comes down and they look at you and they're like, you know, you're not really making effort. So I, I'm not actually going to extend my hand to you because I don't see that you want that. I don't see you're willing to put in the work. So we go through these cycles and there's different uh, backdrops almost that that humans are able to work with. But it's always going to be that you have to save yourself. It's about you deciding where you stand, what energies are appropriate and acceptable for you. And um, where your energy is going towards, you know, is it going towards love and kindness or is it going towards greed and envy? I mean, that is 100 percent your choice. That is absolutely your choice. So if you're by your actions in your heart, if you're saying, no, I value these the, the greed and envy stuff more then you're already you, you're creating your destiny yourself. If that's the stuff you like, then you can't expect it's going to be like like nice and perfect and pleasant and stuff like that, because yeah. I would argue it's, it's going contrary to cosmic law and cosmic law for me states that it's all about love and kindness and caring for each other, generosity, you know, understanding truth. I, I, those are, those are eternal principles to me, Trish. Well, when, when I started this show and people always ask me, they're like, well, as a medium and, and, you know, as, being on a network full of, of paranormal and, and supernatural and things like that, my show, I, I kind of made uh, more of a variety uh, kind of talk show because I wanted to also mostly uh, bring on people who had either transform themselves in their lives through you know terrible situations and and they're doing something for the greater of humanity now and helping other people and I've, I've had tons of people like that and healers and spiritualists and things like that and people always ask me well if you're a medium and you're capable of communicating with with the dead why don't you all the time okay but exactly what you just said most 
while most human spirits that are lost are, are obviously lower vibration, but anything else in the ether that is not a human spirit, that is a, almost 100% of the time, it is a lower level entity that was never a human and, and um, vibrates at a much, much lower um, frequency than I do. And so I warn people in, in the paranormal investigation fields and such that you have to take a break from it once in a while. You have to, I mean, it's okay to do those things, you know. Um, I probably do like one investigation now about every quarter, I would say. So like four a year, because I have to lower my frequency to yeah. to meet theirs, to communicate with these lower vibrational beings. And I always tell my kids and stuff, think of think of yourself in the same manner. Who are you surrounding yourself with? What environment are you surrounding yourself with? What friends, what right, yep. things like that? Because that absolutely affects your frequency. And I realize, like, especially with the economy and everything in, in this day and age, that people can't always help, you know, with their jobs or things like that. But there are so many things that you could do to raise your frequency, too. Just singing or petting an animal or grounding yourself, you know. But no, we're not taught any of those things. We're not taught any of that. And the scary thing about the AI, take well, first of all, they're battery operated and they have to have, they, they don't have a source of their own generated power like humans. Like we could, like you said, essentially live without food or water or things like that. I've actually, um, I don't recommend this people ever, but it was, it was a test when I started neuro-linguistic programming to see if I could rewrite a script coding in my own brain and stuff and still be healthy and, and fully functioning um, on less sleep. And I looked at my statistics over almost the last year, I get four hours of sleep a night and I do a lot in a day and there's still not enough hours in a day. And most people would think, look at me and be like, how, like, how do you function on four hours of sleep? No, I don't do drugs. I don't even take supplements anymore. Again, we are fully equipped when we are born with everything we need. So you adjust your diet, you adjust, it, it, it's, it's like a recipe. You literally devote blocks of your time in this life to your mental, physical, yeah. and emotional and spiritual health and divide that out evenly and be balanced. And that's it. Like there, there are no games. There's no secret. There's I, bad things still happen to me all the time, but at least now I don't let them, you know, completely, um, destroy me, you know, but but if I'm around spirits all the time and, and going into haunted places and doing things like that, no, that, that brings, I'll start getting sick. I'll start, you know, things yep. that don't normally happen because that's what I'm allowing. That's what I'm allowing. That's what I'm. And so you see investigators having heart attacks and, and strokes and like injuries and all kinds of stuff because that's 100% their focus you know, and it's okay to do things like that, but the rest of the time, go do the historical research, go, um, you know, try to find the, the more positive side of stories. Cause it, and I was thinking like the, uh, um, we have the global ghost hunt going on next year, which is going to be people all over the world doing it all on the same day, you know, and, and there's things that, um, 
It reminds me of like a Ghostbusters movie that you know, where there where the people are actually. What if it's not like? What if it doesn't even influence the spirits? But what if collectively all those live people? That's what I'm more afraid of. Is all of their energy at once focusing on something lower vibrational? What's that going to do to the yeah. world? All at the same time, harnessing that power. I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. that's absolutely. Well, it's the same thing with, with when when you got the uh, monks gathering to pray together and you see that you read the news headline and oh, my goodness. But, hey, look what look what great thing just happened uh, um, 10,000 miles away at the same time, by the way, that they were doing that meditation. Yeah. You know, it does affect the grit. And actually, um, I think one of um, uh, one of Laura Lee Popvin's friends, of course, Angel Rock with Laura Lee Popvin on uh, the network here. I was actually just on her show uh, an hour before I joined Utrish, and uh, one of her friends, Augie Nost, I believe he talks about it being called the mastermind, where you get a bunch of people together, and then it amplifies the energy, Yeah. and then you're able to project that energy. So I completely agree with what you're saying, and I'm, I'm also not going to be surprised when I see the day, the day, the date, the year, the time, and everything that that event is happening, because I also believe that they're going to pick a time that's more conducive to that um, kind of energy that they're trying to transmit. So it's, you know, people, people pick the dates as well. And and it's the same concept. So especially in, in, in pagan and uh, Wiccan communities back, I, I was a few years ago. It was, um, you know, when the internet really started growing and everything and, um, youtube and social media and such and they had the whole baby witch uh there was like a certain day or time or whatever they they and it wasn't dark witches oh okay well first of all let's get there's a difference between a dark witch and one that practices black magic so there's there's certain ones that that work with the dark part of the year which is coming up on um after december around the 20th through the 22nd um that's that's the darker part of the year there's there's those that that's not what i'm referring to i'm referring to uh the the ones back in the day who were more um like the sacrificial black magic type and they all came together on a specific day specific time but the problem was these were all younger um i mean it was literally like a bunch of teenagers um doing some sabrina type shit they saw on tv the the newer sabrina that that deals with that and that's dangerous because i don't care who it is whether whether they're a witch or not what their beliefs are you get that many people thoughts become things Thoughts can be curses. Thoughts can be black magic, you know. So you get that many people who don't even realize their own power, have no idea what they're doing. And they put this giant organized collective curse out into the universe. It's going to do something. It's going to do something. It's the intention behind it, regardless of religion or anything else, you know. Even for for me too, Trish, even when it's me plus one other person, it's astonishing how much that... You know, because we're, we're, you know, we're gifted in the spiritual world, obviously. So when you get two people that can do that mm-hmm. in a room with each other, even on the right. phone with each other, I've had, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I really share this before. I'll just say it really quickly, but 
one one of my friends in particular it has um, really easy access to some of the darker realms. And when we get on the phone, if uh, we bring up certain topics, uh, I've heard voices come through the phone. That's not me and, or this person. And I said, did you hear that? And they say, yeah, yeah, you know, some someone else is here or whatever. There's, there's very few people that ha- that happens with me. And, you know, I, I basically just ignore it because if you don't give it energy, it's just going to generally a lot of times it will just go away because it's, right. it's it's it knows that you it can't feed off of your field or whatever. So like and I watch I watch Michelle sometimes on her show, Michelle DeRoche. And um, she it's funny. A lot of times when she has an experience, she just said, yeah, she's like, yeah, I know you're here. You know, what do you, what, what's what's going on? What do you want? What's up? You, you can't you can't phase people. You can't phase um really conscious and aware people in situations and paranormal situations like that they can try and then they end up looking stupid you know and then no no i don't care if it's a human or a spirit no one wants to feel foolish or stupid so go ahead guys you can try but uh, you know it's not going to happen not not here not today not with me and i i say that all you know i knock on wood i do say that it's rare that they um they affect me nowadays but um, there are times, and again, it's when my vibrations lowered, you know, when my frequency is right. lowered, when I'm, when I'm feeding into the like drama and negativity in the world and things like that. And then absolutely there's 100% times that I'm just as susceptible as anyone else to becoming possessed or, or affected or manipulated by, by different, um, different spirits and things like dark entities and stuff and the more powerful you are and that's that's the problem with the that we don't teach these things we don't teach spirituality in schools and stuff that's the problem with that because there are younger very powerful individuals that have no idea what they're attracting i mean they're not even doing it on purpose you know good people and stuff but but these dark energies are it's like a moth to a flame you know quite literally um and it, we've talked about that before, you know, like there's kids opening up portals by accident, like, like you know, I mean, just by their energy and, and um, things like that. And, but they don't know that they're doing it and they don't know how to stop it. They don't know how to control it. They don't, right. I yeah. didn't either. I didn't either until, you know, until I was much older. Um, and I attracted a, a lot of dark things, uh, a lot of my life. Um, but it, I don't, I don't know what this. I mean, well, people can I, teach I, their own kids, I guess. Oh yeah, and I can totally offer something here because the only time um, that they can, in, in my experience, that I've ever had an entity try to essentially mess with me um, is when my energy is low. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened that day, Trish? I'll tell you exactly what happened. You had mentioned at the beginning of the show that, of course, even even food can change your uh, consciousness and your transmissions and your all this awareness and all this stuff and it opens up different dimensions it opens up other possibilities and other fields and everything and the thing about that is that this particular day <clears throat> this was actually one of the most extremes extreme things that ever happened to me it was in massachusetts i'll just say that i'm not going to go into a lot of detail but massachusetts is i would say possibly the most spiritually charged place in the country really? it is amazing how powerful, especially when you get kind of towards Boston and south of Boston. I've never had experiences like I had there in my entire life. Um, you know, we do know that 
obviously part of it, there's, there's been so much activity there. That's part of where the country started, you know, so you got to figure all these people coming through, they leave res residual energy on the field. That's a big part of it. But on top of that, there's energy there that is, it predates the native Americans. There's stuff oh, yeah. there that is, that is so ancient. Um, some of it has been created. I actually believe through um, potentially dark arts. There was uh, obviously a question about the Salem witch trials and everything. I'm not saying I'm not going on one side of the argument or the other for that. But what I think a lot of that came from is the energy in the land. And when you when you get a person coming in that's not able and it's believe me, it is very strong. So even some of yeah. the strongest people's people, um, you know, for instance, like myself going into that situation, I felt it trying to mess with me. And I'm like, no, not not today. But guess what? It was um, I mean. 20 30,000 year old spirit or something like that that's what it felt like to me you know what I mean and I might be, and I might consider myself old I'm not sure if I'm quite that old uh so the point is is that well hey you know even if someone's good there are some beings out there who are even more powerful than that oh, and that's yeah. what happened that's what happened this only once in my life has this happened it was in Massachusetts and the thing about it that's the last thing I'll say about it, Trish the thing about it was that um right before it happened I actually ate uh, a small amount of fish for my lunch. Now, fish is a very dense material when it goes into the body. It's, you know, I, I consider it a, a meat, essentially. It's similar to the protein structure, you know, the density of the molecules and everything. It's not a light food. It's a heavy food. So when that goes into the body, um, it cuts some, it's, depending on your state of health, it can cut some of the currents. It can make you tired. Uh, mm -hmm. And at that point, if it drops your vibration enough. Now, the entity that's been waiting for that moment for maybe hundreds of years, they say, oh, they've been watching and waiting, and now I can get in. Like the one second when you're, you're at your lowest. They're oh, waiting. yeah. Demons have all the time. They have they, all the time in the world. You know, 100 years isn't, it, right. that's like five minutes to them. So <laughs> Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> but yeah, but you sure, mentioned so. there, you know, if you study the witch trials even, um, they talk about the food. They say now, scientifically, a lot of them may have been affected by um, a certain, it was like a little bug that had a, in, like taken over their wheat fields or something. It, it's a really strange, oh, yeah. um, and then that, uh, that literally affected their brains. Um, well, again, mm. it, back to the Bible many of the you know well even even in paranormal world infestations of any type of um you know pests things like that are are often dark and demonic because bugs actually and i've told this to people so many times i'm like it's not actually if you have a bunch of spiders in your house if you have a bunch of flies whatever yes they carry germs and diseases but they're not actually the bad thing they're just attracted to then they absorb negative energy yeah so it's not the bugs themselves that are doing something bad it, it's whatever that means you have something bigger to worry about you know oh, so yeah, yeah I, I have uh i mean it was like probably last week i was um i was basically uh getting ready for bed and I felt it, I had the light out, you know, I was almost falling asleep and I felt something crawling on my hand. And, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I'm actually even not even sure, Trish, because I feel energy in all kinds of different ways. Sometimes I'm like, okay, is that me? Or is that actually something <laughs> on my hand? I, I get that. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, so <laughs> I basically <laughs> right. So I didn't <laughs> exactly. So I didn't want to get up and turn my light on, so I used the the light from my phone. And there there was actually a fairly large spider on my hand. Um, and uh, some you know I I actually often sleep fairly close to the floor because I like the grounding effect and I like how it's uh, more solid, you know, for your back and everything like that. So yeah, I wasn't off the floor. I wasn't that far off the floor. But the point is, the only night that that happened was that one night when I had, you know, not as high energy because it, it, they do, they come in, they're drawn to that. I don't hold it against, I don't hold it against the insect at all. It's the same thing with the flies and mosquitoes. If, if my energy is good, guess what? They don't, they're not even, I don't even see them. I don't see them. I don't hear them. The minute it goes down, suddenly I'm being attacked by mosquitoes. I can be walking through, um, this actually happened to me when I used to live up in Alaska uh there's a lot of mosquitoes there's a lot of standing water you know and it, there's a this it's really uh, untapped environment so there's a lot of natural life thriving and um I, and this was the very beginning when i started to kind of notice some of the stuff in terms of how energy attracts different things but i'm walking through the woods pretty much every day i'm i'm, I'm wondering i'm like where are all the bugs and stuff where's all the mosquitoes i didn't see them in the air i didn't hear nothing and then again the one day that I didn't know this at the time, and I don't remember what I ate. I know it was based on food. A lot of things are based on food, but it was that one day, and suddenly I'm standing at the pond, and there's literally, I looked, there were probably 30 mosquitoes on just my jacket, uh, the most I've ever had in my life, just sitting on my jacket, and they can bite through your your jacket, too. I mean, these they're really good at what they do, but again, it's that, just that one day, just the one day, so we we are in charge of our energetic field, and there are things that you, a lot of things that you can do, and I hope this is what we're moving into, to teach, start to teach kids uh, about the principles of energy, you know, about metaphysics, about stuff like this, and if the kid doesn't like it, oh, you know, no problem, but you know what, I needed this information when I was probably like 12, and I oh, didn't get shoot. it. Oh, so yeah, I, I needed it when I was 20. like three. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I didn't get it till I was like maybe what twenty five. I mean, come on. So when I look back at my education, I'm like that was pretty much mostly a waste. I who 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 was available to talk about astrology? You know, to tell me that no, yeah. it's actually it is actually science. People are doing a really bad job, Dave. But like we want to teach it to you correctly. Well, you know who that person is now? That's me, and that's what yeah. I'm doing. One of the things I'm doing, I'm going to be that. I want people to come to me for astrology. If you don't get it, or if you want it to be simple. And if you want to see it done correctly and responsibly, you know, because I only do it to help people. I, I never take in from Believe me, I could easily take the information and say, oh, how, how can I mess with this person today? I know exactly what to do. And that's and some and what happened, Trish, too, is that some people um, throughout all time, really, I guess, they took that knowledge. And then because of them. Not because of astrology. This is not because of astrology. It's because of them and their spirit and what they believe. They took it and they performed dark arts with it. And, you know, the spells and all this stuff. They knew when to do things on which days with the moon and all this stuff and herbs and yeah. things. And the other thing, so it's a person is what I'm trying to say. It's not the science. And the other thing I want to say while, while I'm talking about plants is what you were talking about with uh, that bug. And one of the things that I saw uh, on Ancient Aliens, and again, you know, Joe was on the show. Uh, a couple times, I think, through the years. Mm -hmm. And on Ancient Aliens, one of the episodes was talking about the bubonic plague or the Black Plague in Europe. And the thing about it was that, and I, I never, I again, never heard this, was not in the textbooks. Of course, they're not going to teach kids this part of the story, what I'm going to share with people. But supposedly there was a Grim Reaper figure 
That's maybe potentially where that uh, originates from, that time period, in the wheat fields. And supposedly he was spraying the plants with, I don't know if it was with his, his, his Sith or what, I don't know what it was. Or it, there was the people, some people had described there's a mist coming out uh, associated with this figure. And by the way, that's also been observed with craft before too. That craft come down low over fields and they'll spray everything. And then okay. sudden, suddenly you have these diseases popping up. Okay, well that doesn't sound like a natural process to me. It sounds like it's like chemtrails here. <laughs> yeah, Kansas. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's exact. In fact, that's exactly what it is. The other thing yeah. that I've heard about that is that there's um, there's often metal. That metal being sprayed down on the plants to change the soil. Well, to poison there's the metal in our food. There's ton people. Yeah. If people with one of the first things I did intuitively, I didn't even know I was doing it. I didn't even know I had that much metal in my body. Um, when I was told I was going to die of Lyme disease, and you know, doctors couldn't help me, um, was to de detox from metal. And it, you don't realize how much is in the water, is in the food, is everything, is in your hair products and, and you know, makeup and things like that. There's there's tons. And um, the petrochemicals too, Trish, you know. Oh, yeah. And that, that's another thing I was going to say. When, when people, when I talk about food and it, it has to do with, by the time, even water now, most people don't have fresh water. Um, and I'm not talking about like fresh from a well or from a sp spring, because if you live in a city, obviously you don't have access to that, but cities are, by the time our water gets to us, it's so filtered, even whether you drink bottled water, water, or, or it comes from the tap, you know, in a city there's, they put chlorine and treatment and all this stuff in it. So you're literally taking out the life force, the chi of the water, that energy of the water that actually keeps you healthy and the same with foods. So if you, if you can food at home, that's one thing, but I'm talking about like canned food in stores or um, processed food, things like that. It's not as close to the source by the time you eat it. You know, it, it's not even as like, I, I try to eat a lot of fruit and vegetables and stuff, but even then, if it comes, I'm here in Kansas, and if it comes from California or somewhere like Mexico or somewhere far from, then by the time it gets to me, it is already far from the source. So it, we do have to work harder. Um, again, unless you do it yourself and you grow your own vegetables. And, you know, I do during the different times of year, I've, I've been getting into that as well, because then you're, you know what's in it and you're literally getting it as fresh as it can be. Freezing things is, is about the healthiest because they don't use all the preservatives and stuff. But mm -hmm. it's literally like giving blood and they put the plasma back in your body. They just took the life force out of that blood. You know what I mean? Like that's your chi. So it's the same with food. And I, ju I just had that thought too today, Trish. I'm like, I was just thinking about frozen food today. I'm like, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not surprised at all because we think very similarly in a lot of ways. Uh, part of the reason for that is because I have a lot of Gemini in my chart. So I know how to look between signs. I know how to look at both angles, you know, not be biased and stuff like that. But that, that was my thought today is this afternoon. I'm like, you know what? How about like we just don't put the stuff in the food that you can't pronounce. You don't know what it is. You shouldn't have yeah. to look it up. That's ridiculous. I mean, if I look at it, I'm like, no, you know what? How about just just list beet 
this is a beat right here. There's nothing else in it at all. Yeah. And you know what? If the if if the argument is, oh, we got to add stuff to make it keep it preserved, then what you do is you just not all the time because the ice crystals can uh, destroy some of the tissues and stuff. Yeah. But the general idea for me is that there's two there's two options here. If it's not going to last because it's a natural product, which is actually a good thing, then just eat it before it goes bad. If it right. goes bad, put it outside and have it composted, which is going to help the environment. And if um, not, you can't do either of those two things. If you can freeze it, that will preserve it. It might destroy the tissues a little bit, but for meats and stuff, it's no problem for like a year or two. Even uh, fruits that you buy in the store, it's but if it's especially if it's something like I love cherries are so good for you. Um, they have so many um, different healing qualities, but they're not always in season everywhere. And if they're not in season, um, they're really expensive, fresh, obviously because of the the transporting them and stuff but when they're flash frozen one they're less expensive but they don't put all of those most of the time i mean you have to check the brand but most of the time there aren't any preservatives or anything it'll say like the fruit and then water and and so that's the easier way but another thing i was going to say um when i went back to kind of paleo uh, a paleo diet um if you just eat things that like nature did that there's a reason it's not by default it's by design like that we're supposed to eat certain things during certain parts of the year so if you eat food seasonally um like right now for instance um pomegranates are in season that's a winter fruit pomegranates have higher vitamin c and and uh, sweet potatoes you can get almost your entire amount of daily vitamin C from um, from a sweet potato. And that's good during the winter because there's less sun. So we get less vitamin D, you know, things like that. So there's a reason. And those, those fruits and vegetables are more readily available. Um, potatoes are root vegetables. That's closer to the source. They're in the ground, you know. Uh, again, you do have to be careful because then there's metal in some of them. And now I read there's all kinds of, uh, like China, they had this thing about organic fruits and vegetables being fake from there. Like they're literally making lab created, I don't even know what it's out of. It's like plant proteins yeah. that are actually dangerous for your brain. Um, dyeing them green and calling it a pea, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's how yeah. messed up, like why, why do we need to do that? I've seen them put color in things that are clear. What? Why? Why do you need a color yeah. of something that's clear? Like it, it doesn't make sense. But again, it's it's another method of control. It, it eats away at your brain. It's the same with like the fluoride in the water and everything. Um, I I had um I had some canned fruit the other day, and well I had two two actually. It was it was back to back. One was one day. One was the next day. The first one I had, it had actually. <laughs> Oh, this is it's so absurd. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But it had Splenda in it, which is of course an artificial sweetener. It's not even a real thing. And I actually could not eat it. And I tried I took the, the pieces, I think it was apricot. I took the pieces of apricot. I took a paper towel and I was trying to press out the fake sugar and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I still couldn't eat it because it got all the way into the tissues of the fruit. And so that was the first day. So I actually had to, I just I had to throw it, you know, throw it away or compost it. The second day, um, I had uh, some canned fruit that was actually pretty good. It was, I think, pears. But 
they also added sugar to that. And it was, you know, it's sugar, again, you know, a lot of things are genetically modified, but sugar by itself is not necessarily always a bad thing. There are good parts about it sometimes, and depending on your body. But the thing is, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, why do you need to put, and I, I get it, the preservation factor, that's part of it. You know, there's other things that I probably don't even know about. But the point is, is that fruit essentially is sugar you know it's right it's fru it's yeah. fructose. and you could use natural preservatives sugar? like citric acid or something you know what i mean like there's yeah citric well citric acid specifically that's not produced because i think you can make that artificially too um but yeah i mean if you were if you want to preserve something like squeeze some uh lemon juice on it and then put it in a can or put you know with some i don't know there's lots of ways to do this mm -hmm. lots of ways but i'm i'm pretty encouraged too because I, I feel like um there's a small but maybe growing, probably growing community of people that are, are really starting to get some of the basic stuff. And you can't tell, there's no corporation that's going to be like, you know, one of the things is that you can't grow your own fruit, your own food or something like this. It's going across the world right now. You know, are you kidding me, guys? Who, who if you're remotely intelligent, no one's going to buy that crap. No one. We, we, you know, that's a right we have to come to this planet. Uh, you put a seed in the ground and it grows. And guess who's in charge of that? The sun. And you know, and plants not... grow even in dirty water, you know? So yeah, there's no amazing. excuse. There's no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, humans, we waste so much stuff. You know, and one of the greatest um, pollutants right now, which I'm sure most people don't realize, is food. Um, is food waste. There is so much that it puts harmful gases into, you know, into the environment. Um, but people will be standing there saying they're starving when when somebody gives them a piece of fruit and there's seeds in the fruit and they just throw the seeds away. Well, okay, so you had, you know, an apple or, or an orange or whatever and it had seeds in it and you ate it and you threw the seeds away and now you're hungry again. So yeah. save the seeds and plant them, you know, or I, I don't know why most places there's, there's other countries that do it. Not, not a lot in the U S but, um, especially here, it's absurd to me because there's a lot of homeless people like in Topeka and stuff. And I, I thought about this last year because there were these people that had this beautiful apple tree and like a, a peach tree or something and it was growing over their fence and way too many i mean this thing had tons of apples just falling on the ground you know nobody touching them but every time somebody on the sidewalk side of the fence like one of the homeless people tried to to eat one or whatever the owners would call the cops on them and i'm like but you're just wasting all those apples yep. like why why do you care if somebody eats one that's one not even in your yard anymore and two that's just going to be go to waste like it's absurd to me that um but these other countries have fruit trees on public land you know that anybody just you, you can just walk by and get them or whatever it's whatever um and and the same with um lawns you know i thought about that um that like the the botanic garden here that as i told you that's one of my favorite places but why why do we need these manicured lawns you could grow an entire herb garden and have it pest free and bug free and things like that with everything you need to eat and heal yourself and your family but yeah. you wouldn't have this wasted space of a manicured lawn because what society yeah. says you need that 
for what? You could be saving the butterflies and, and bees and everything else, you know, with with a, a different style garden. But we don't. We yeah. don't. We don't like. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, once you've harvested everything, um, you know, and I've worked agriculture before. I've worked really hard. I used to work in the tobacco fields in Connecticut when I grew up. And, um, you know, I get, well, I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff, too, because there was a lot of things sprayed on that that should never even been created by human being fungicides and pesticides and all these things. But the thing is that here's the, the one good thing about it for me, though, is that at the end of the season, uh, everything gets cut down. And I know at least some of it, it just stays in the field. And then guess what? That fertilizes the soil mm-hmm. partly. I mean, it's not going to last forever like that. You need to do crop rotation and things. But for the next year, and then once you get when you get snow that falls on top of that, it compacts the organic material underneath it and it makes soil, you know, like yeah. Yeah, I agree, Trish, 100 percent. It's like people clean up leaves. They don't need to clean up leaves. They're there for a reason. The, the, the trees shed them for a reason. Yeah. Oh, They're yeah. supposed to go back into the earth, just like people. We're supposed to go back into the earth, but we poison our bodies with cyanide, basically, to be put back in the earth to poison the earth. So. Right. It's because we don't know any better, like literally. Yeah, we're, you know, I say work with whatever the system, whatever the rules of the system are, work with those rules and it will help you, you know, instead of fighting against it all the time. And it, it goes, of course, with astrology, too, and the principles of Ayurvedic medicine, all this stuff. You know, maybe I don't love some of the stuff and how, how some of the things are in place. In fact, I definitely don't. Some of the things are, are absolutely irritating. But if I'm not working with the rules that are in place, then I'm being, it's ridiculous because I, if I have the solutions and I'm just ignoring it, that's absolutely foolish of me to do that. Now, if I work with the system, meaning I'm, when I say system, I mean the natural earth system. I'm not talking about any human organization. This is the mother earth, you know, mother Gaia. Um, she gives back. She gives back in abundance. Yeah. And it's amazing you go on a walk and even, uh, I've got some friends, um, that live up in the far north of Canada and they, you know, they just, it, the sun's out, you get out in the field. Yeah, it's cold, but you know what? It's beautiful. And the sun's shining there for you and all the crystals are sparkling. You know, the earth takes care of us. And I absolutely, you've heard the experiments too, where you uh, say nice things to plants and they grow more and you say things oh, yeah. that are not nice. You know, it, re- it structures water, restructures water. Like we were talking about, even with the moon at the beginning of the show. But, um, if you put good energy into the grid, then everything around you is more, much more likely to thrive. And when, you, when you're born, I mean, see, that's the thing. I guess there's some humans that are born with, uh, with demons attached to them. You know, I'm, I actually do believe that, that there are some. But I think the vast majority of humans, they come in uh, just wanting what everyone wants, which is just to feel safe and happy and comfortable and to have nice, clean food and water and things, have people that love them and to have groups that they, that they uh, can get connected with. So that's the other thing, too, is now when you start talking about religions, it's like, well, you know, I was doing okay before I was forced to go to catechism as a kid. I was really happy. I was very happy. I played in the dirt. You know, I was friends with the plants and animals around me. I stayed outside until I couldn't see anymore, like all year round, you know. And then now you're saying, um, you know, I'll use Christianity as an example, but it's not, I'm not picking one in particular. I'm just using it because I spent the most time with that tradition. Is that suddenly now you're telling the kid, uh, well, you know what? You can you can enjoy the plants and animals and stuff, but like, don't get too crazy with that because your savior is over here. 
Well, I, I felt like light pouring out of me as a kid before I was ever taught that. I didn't. I, I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying it's not important or important for certain types of people, or if that's what you believe. I'm just saying that a kid doesn't really come into the world with that, and yeah. most of the kids seem very happy. They're very. I've watched, and I'm sure you have too. Well, you. I mean, you have kids, of course, Trish. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is like watch what a kid. You know, even before the kid can even really talk, I've had kids like they had food and they just came over and gave me some of their food. I mean, it actually made me incredibly happy. I haven't felt that way for a really long time. And before that, it happened. It doesn't even, but you know what? The natural instinct is I like you. I want to give you something that something that is meaningful to me and that it makes me feel good. I want to give that to you as well. You know, and that doesn't, there's no religion in that. That is no. not nothing at all. Well, and the funny thing is we're born, the irony in, in the cycle of life, we're born with all the knowledge in the world. We're born with everything we need to know. But by the time, but we can't walk and we can't talk. Right. So we have, so, so we can't exactly put it to use. And then by the time we're what, four years old is when a lot of the stuff, a lot of that innate knowledge starts to be forgotten by kids and then of course we're put in school where we're kind of molded by society and and programmed by societal rules and then we forget all of that and then by the time we die and by the time we get older we also lose our ability to think or or walk or talk sometimes you know people with alzheimer's and stuff and much less knowledge after after living in an entire life then we forget everything we learned in our life so that it's essential. We have things backwards. It, the kids are, that is the most essential time in learning for, for our future, for, for anything in humanity is through the kids, you know, um, because that's going to shape the entire future, quite literally. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. We have to do a better job all around, you know, I, but I feel... Um, I mean, I'm doing more than my fair share to, to get this um, humanity to a better place. You know, I have so much on my plate in terms of just trying to teach things properly so that so you can have seen it at least. Then after you have seen it, then you can decide if you like it or if you buy it or whatever. But if you're never presented with that option, then we have a problem. I get I get really I mean, I get really fired up about this one, Trish, because I, a lot of people don't understand why I'm saying that It's because. If it's not presented to you, it's not a fair playing field. If you withhold half the information, and specifically if the half of that information is actually the vital part of the stuff you actually have to know, and you're not even giving it as an option, there's something seriously wrong with that. We got serious problems with that. And you that's basically where society's at, unfortunately. I mean, through everything, through technology and and healthcare and and schools and everything i think you know unfortunately and the thing is but but it is important for people like us um as you said once you do know the difference and have gotten through the whole ego part and and forgiving yourself that you didn't always do things right or or know any better then you go back for the others definitely absolutely i i'll be here for for uh, humankind for the rest of my time on this planet you know, my uh, my my uh, state mission statement is very clear, you know, and actually speaking of spirits, I always ask, uh, well, I'll say three things. Let's see how many let's see how many there are when I start to list it. Basically, uh, 
this goes for a lot of times for specifically the ones I can't visually see in this spec in the visual spectrum. I want to know who you are. You got to tell first of all, tell me who you are. Tell me why you're here. And tell me what your vision is, essentially. And if I'm not cool with all three of those, then the shoulder gets turned. I'm not I'm not messing with that. You need to be upfront. And that's the thing is that see the, the, the more evil spirits, they don't like those questions. They don't want to answer that stuff. But guess what? If you're if you have a pure heart, you, there's no problem answering that. That's actually one of the best ways to be able to distinguish between the spirits. I've had a couple times, uh, only a couple. I mean, a lot of the entities that I encounter are, are definitely lower energy than me, uh, not necessarily caring about the principles that I care about. I have had a couple, though, where it absolutely blew me away. It was so beautiful, uh, very good energy and very calm and peaceful. And it inspired me to be a better person even because I'm and one one, by the way, Trish was in your, I think you probably like this topic. I know we don't have a lot of time, but uh, one of them was uh, was a fairy. It was actually a, a, a rock rock fairy or a nature spirit. You can call it either one. Very, very tiny, very, very small. Uh, but it was made of uh, ultraviolet light. I couldn't see it, but my camera saw it. And unfortunately, oh, wow. I, did, I did lose that picture. But the point is, is that it was the most brilliant, like purplish pink uh, fluorescent color outside of my visual spectrum. My camera saw it. And it was unmistakably, I saw the figure of the body and everything. And it was, uh, it was, it was very, this one in particular was a very kind of stick figure. But um, you can, as, as a spirit, you know, ultimately you can appear however you want to appear. So there's nothing to say that you can't do it this way or this way or whatever. The other one was on a mountain actually in the United States, in the, the southern United States. And um, the, the being was actually I don't know if I, I call it, it's hard to say exactly, it's hard to define this exactly, but essentially it was inside of a rock. This was another rock spirit. And it was, I don't know how long it had been in there for, but I, I came up on the trail, I saw it there, and I said, you know, of course, because I, I see, much like you, Trish, you know, we see what's around us. We, uh, we see the surroundings, we see the things, we sense the things that we can't necessarily see. But I saw the features, the general features of a face in this rock, and I said, okay, you know, I, I know, I acknowledged what was there. And I said, there's something, there's something here for sure. And when I came back down the mountain, the sun had started to set. This was on my trip, actually. This was um, the very beginning of my trip. Really? And so, uh, oh yeah, it was in, um, it's actually in Georgia. So what happened was I came back around and of course I wanted to observe the rock again, just to, you know, to share the energy and to see what's going on. I looked back and the, uh, the light, the light of the sun coming through actually the trees, which were in front of the rock, much in front of the rock, actually painted the rest of the face onto that rock. Because the first time I saw it, I just saw the brow ridges, you know, up here, and I saw the general structure structure of the nose. But when the light came through, it painted the eyes in, it painted the mouth in. I could see the outline of the face. Um, I think probably the only time in my life I've ever had that experience. And um, it was very special because I think a lot of these nature spirits are, are kind of in hiding right now because the earth is very volatile. It's not, not a very uh, welcoming place in a lot of instances. And uh, I think they feel very misunderstood and misrepresented. But basically, um, it was really surprised that I saw it there. And the first, the first look was a, a look of surprise and, and um, kind of puzzlement because 
it might have been a thousand years since the last time it was acknowledged. You know, most people are walking up that mountain and not looking. They don't they don't even care, you know, which is a, a right. problem for me. So I went up. I went up to it. That's the end of the story. I went up to it and I put my hand uh, over the figure and I said, it's going to be OK. You know, we're coming into a better cycle here. Uh, I care about you. I acknowledge you. And um, it was a real, real uh, special moment for me, because, like I said, most of my encounters are with things that are not as good um, because maybe there's more of them here. I don't know. But the point is, is that and that's that's actually maybe one of one of my closing points, too, is that I want to say and reiterate that it's actually not that hard to um, to be able to identify what kind of a spirit it is. If you feel good and happy and real mm-hmm. and also calm and relaxed, you shouldn't feel any manipulation at all for any reason at all. If there's any manipulation, then I'm done with that. You know, you the true angels of light, the true ascended masters, they stand there uh, full figured and in full light, full disclosure. I'm here to help you. They state it. They state that I'm here. To, I'm here because I like you and care about you. If you don't feel that stuff, it's not a good spirit. It's very for me. It's very simple. I was just going to ask you, you said that last one that was in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, it There's was in Georgia's Georgia. got a lot of. Um... Yeah, that's where the guidestones um, are. Oh, I went through that town. This is weird, Trish. I don't know if I told you this. I, I can't remember what we had talked about, but I went through the town where the guidestones are. I was going to go there and visit it, and I passed through there uh, within. I was less than twenty-four hours before they were destroyed. Oh my goodness. So I actually, if I had gone there that day, I would have seen them, but I didn't because I didn't have time and I had to backtrack like 45 minutes the next day. And I come back there. Well, actually, someone sent one of my friends sent me a text that said the guy stones were blown up. And I said, I just passed that town. I actually, you know, in terms of, I'll say this way, my energy was in the, the grid of that town where the guy stones were. And then I couldn't see them because now it was taped off. Everything was closed off there. So when we pulled up there, there was, um, you know, everyone that everyone who was there was like, we know there's something that doesn't seem right here, guys. So don't try to play that off. You know, I will say this, though, that the the police officers that were there, um, I've always personally had good interactions with police officers because I'm respectful. And I believe that it's an important part of a a stable society. You have to have a a protection Um, and it's a hard job, you know. But the thing is, is that it's, apparently they didn't they didn't know too much about what happened. But what's weird about it is that there was like essentially no investigation. The stones were removed very fast and nothing was ever said about it. You know, in terms of that, you, you wouldn't wouldn't you think that you'd want to see how did this happen? Was it a, I, what I heard was that and I don't know even know how this works, you know, OK, but I heard it was some kind of a ballistic missile that was attached to a tractor. It's a you know, it's farm farmland area. Um, because of how the stone uh, crumbled and collapsed when it when it hit the actual stone there. The the funny thing is, it was the night, the day before, maybe the night before, I posted on my, I think it was like Instagram or something. I hardly ever post on those. and Because I got this book at, I don't even know where it is. Or where, I got it at a thrift store. And that night, I had never opened the book. The book like falls off you know, a shelf or something. And this little replica, like this cardboard um, or like cardstock paper, heavy paper uh, replica of the guide stones falls out of this book. And I'm like, well, let's see. Wow, okay, <laughs> and I wow. took a, I took a picture of it 
and and posted it on on Instagram. Um, because when I lived in Georgia, I never, never even realized that was there, you know, that this was like 10 years ago. And, um, and then it was the next day that they were destroyed. So, so it's interesting that, um, and now all of a sudden, all the, a lot of the things that were on the Guidestones are, are coming true. So it makes you wonder. Oh, yeah. I've actually heard both sides. Some people have said that um, it was uh, the so-called white hats that did it, you know, the people who were trying to help humanity. The, the other side I've heard is that it was actually the people, some of the the, um, the more evil organizations on this earth, let me put it that way, the, the more nefarious groups and organizations, that they, they removed it themselves as some kind of a, a, a psyop or something of that nature. Because it had you know, numerous I, I, languages and, and, you know, it wasn't just for one yeah. uh, religion or one, one culture, one, you know, race or anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was in multi-languages. It talks about, you know, population control and all this stuff. You know, all, all of these things, they're just so absurd to me. And it's, it's not the world that I would have created when I was born here. Mm -hmm. And so I, I spent my entire life trying to figure out how did we get to this point? And of course, that brought me down the roads of understanding the sciences, you know, and human history and ancient history and all these things, metaphysics. But I, I just want a uh, I want a fair world, you know, somewhere where where it's actually fairly easy to exist and be happy and you don't need, you know, excessive amounts of money just to live in a moderate size house. It is just ridiculous. We have so many resources. You know, it's absurd. We, we should not be at this point still. I, I agree. Um, but if everybody does their part and does the work, then then hopefully we can turn it around. But. We have got, <laughs> it has been such a pleasure talking with you, Dave, um, as always. And, and I want to thank you again for coming on my show. I can't believe it's already, it's almost 1020, but um, I I, tell everyone where they can, or where you would, which channel you would prefer they, they, they view your content or find you on. Yeah, sure. The, the easiest way is probably Facebook. You know, it's uh, Dave Petrella on Facebook, P-E-T-R-E-L-L-A. I'm also on Instagram, Dave Petrella 12. Uh, the number is one, two in terms of 12. That's how it's spelled. And then, uh, you know, the, the best way, honestly, well, if you want to send me messages, it's going to be those two. Of course, I provide full services in uh, tropical astrology and birth charts, relationship matching, business applications, selecting. It's called electional, where you select days that are more successful for uh, one or more people. Like a wedding, for instance, would be a good example. Um, and then I also do, uh, I teach, uh, the principles of pre-Ayurvedic medicine, fasting, circulating fluids, health tips. And I, I also offer spiritual guidance. So if I can provide a service for you, definitely get in, in contact with me. Also, of course, if you just want to, you know, send a message, I'm happy to, uh, to respond to you as well, for sure. And, uh, if you want to watch the, if you want to keep up with the content, I would actually send you over to my YouTube channel. Um, which is it's Dave Petrella. It's the same. It's very easy to find. I put all of my podcasts and shows on there. Uh, and like I mentioned at the, at the beginning, I do a show with my friend uh, and co-host Karen Holton out of uh, Alberta, Canada, um, twice a month. It's at the beginning of the month and at the end. The first episode, beginning of the month, we choose a topic and me and Karen talk about it. And at the end of the month, we actually have a guest on, a different guest every month to talk about what they're doing, you know, how they're contributing to uh, humanity and everything. So nice. that one's on there. And then I also started my own uh, casual podcast, which is just 
basically I invite people I want to talk to and I open up the conversation, you know, whatever, wherever it goes, I just want to build a community of people that we can, uh, we can trust and that we can work together because I think, you know, we're, we're the people who are going to be um, at some point making the decisions for humanity. I fully believe that we're, we're not being brought to this point for nothing. We're, we're forming a, a worldwide network of people who are really good at what they do, who care about other people and are interested in true in truth, you know, true information, good knowledge, um, humility, stuff like that. You know, I just that my 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 big message is let, let's just figure this out the best we can and let's teach things properly and everything's going to work. It's going to fall into place. But you have to be um, diligent with that. You know, you have to be stay focused. Yes, uh, focus is Victor Santiago. Hi, everyone from the Don Vic Show. Hello, Victor. Um, yes, I, I absolutely agree. Focus and, and just maintaining, um, I don't want to say hope because hope is, is, is expecting, you know, a, a specific outcome or to be rescued. So um, just positivity, I guess, um, not giving up. Um, but and anyways, visualization too, I think, Trish. Keep it oh, in yes. uh, your mind's yeah. eye, you know, because that's creation. And we, um, to the rest of you all in the world as well, thank you for sticking around this long and listening to us. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm so thankful for all my listeners, and, and a lot of them have stayed this, this entire show. So, <laughs> thank you for awesome. that. Yeah, thanks, and um, thank you again, Dave. Thanks, Carnation, for sponsoring me. Um, next week, uh, super excited. I've got Jesse Peak uh, coming from. He, he has his own podcast now, but also um, from MUFON, um, he is an investigator. Um, that will be exciting. And then, of course, it will be the holidays, uh, I think, the following week. So here in the U.S. anyway. So um, everyone, stay safe, stay positive, and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Trish. Thanks, everyone.